You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked Out Padres Podcast, which is part of the Locked Out Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, March 22nd. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can check me out on Twitter over at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, for all your goofy sort of content that has to do with the Padres sometimes at baseball or what have you, but always Padres content you can go and find over at, at L-O underscore Padres, and if you want to see my ugly mug, and today, you might notice, I shaved. That's right, it's been a while. I'm not revealing the full haircut yet. I'm, I'm teasing the YouTube viewers. That's what I'm doing here, ladies and gentlemen. I, I want to give you a little bit of a tease so you can watch tomorrow's episode for the full reveal. All right, but Lockdown Padres on YouTube, guys. And thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's a goodie. Aside from the fact that I revealed to you all, I re- I made the big revelation. All right, not many people know this yet that I got my hair cut. Aside from that, we're going to be talking about some spring training stuff because I don't know if you knew this, but spring training starting uh, because with the lockout ended and a lot of the free agent frenzy almost about done and we're going to be talking about that as well at the end of today's show uh we got to look up head to spring training and unlike you know past years i think that this this padre season enters spring training with a little bit of reservations you know what i mean not everybody's heading into this this spring training now at least fans and and media the same way they were last year where this was looked at as a world series team now this is viewed as a team that wants to make the World Series, but not many people necessarily think they will be. So I think from just a perspective point, uh, things are definitely different. But in terms of the always true rule, spring training, guys, it is still spring training. And I do have some things that I want to mention about that before we get into some free agent stuff. But let's just let's just kick right into it. The first thing I wanted to mention with you guys is the obvious. And I bet you every damn baseball podcast you're listening to, at least for the most part, they're always telling you, it's just spring training. It's just spring training. It's just spring training. They say that all the time. So I'm not saying this is a unique take. It is not a unique take. But you have to take spring training stats with a grain of salt. A big example for both ways, I think. Whether it be a great player that's struggling or a not so great player that starts hitting it off, you know, hitting off the rocker and then ends up being extremely, extremely underwhelming. In terms of the former example, I remember heading into 2020, the shortened season. Manny Machado was batting like 180 around 200 everyone was freaking out and while he did have like a slow I think it was like a slow first two weeks which is a little bit longer in a, in a kind of short at 60 game season but nonetheless ends up not mattering he finishes uh, among the top three people for National League MVP I think it was Mookie Betts Freddie Freeman as well as the top Mookie Betts finishing third and then Freddie Freeman of course getting number one so that just shows you you can't don't freak out guys and if you're wondering about Machado it's just he's the number one on a scale of like one to ten of concerned. He's like a negative three. It's like I literally don't care. None of the stats whatsoever. He's just one of those guys that you can't look at the slash line for a while. You know what I mean? Because he's proven to us what he can deliver. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of players have, especially. But aside from him, there are things to watch out for. And when I say poor players developing, I call that the Greg Bird effect, everybody. For those who don't know, I was a Yankees fan for a good while, and I remember Yankee fandom at a while freaking out about Greg Bird because their old first baseman Mark Teixeira retires, and they're, they're losing some players, so they're like, who's going to play first? It's going to be this Greg Bird guy. 
And a lot of people were high on him. And he is killing it. He's hitting like 380 in spring training, hitting bombs all over the place. And then he became one of the more infamous figures in Yankees lore when he debuted for the team, or at least started getting more reps for the team. Uh, and he didn't make his debut. He debuted the season before. But he was awful. I mean, it became a thing where he was batting like 100, just could not do it. And now where is he? He was over in Toronto, not really do it all that much. So just so you guys know, do not look too much into spring training. But that all being said, I do think there are some things that, and just in terms of a enjoyment perspective, that's what I always um, caution people. Look at spring training as like enjoyment at the fact that you get to see some players you often probably aren't going to see. Guess, guess what? You're going to see Manny Machado all the time. You're not going to learn anything about that, right? But you're going to be able to see some prospects. You know what I mean? Not the necessarily your Darvishes and all that, but you're going to see guys who are new for the first time. And just in terms of that perspective, not whether or not it means they'll do well, but just in terms of seeing them, it's so exciting to see them. So I will say that there are four, probably four guys that I'm most interested in seeing this spring training. And I think that they're kind of names that aren't going to surprise a lot of you, except for maybe one of them. And one of them we'll get to at the last at the last of the four. But the first one, first couple three I want to mention to you guys. He actually had his first start the other day on, hold on, let me get this right. When was it? It was against Seattle over on Friday. Uh, the Padres end up taking this game from the Mariners 6-4. But it was uh, Mackenzie Gore who goes two innings, giving up no hits, no runs, no walks, and striking out two. I unfortunately did miss this game. Had some, uh, some, con- some conflicts and didn't... Uh, get a chance to kind of catch it, but it was kind of cool. And not to mention, it's hard to catch spring trading games, you know what I mean? Especially for a lad in New Jersey trying to watch them. It's not as easy, so I usually just have to follow recaps on Twitter or the radio and find streams and whatever the heck I could do, right? But like I said, two innings, it's nice to see that from him. It's nice to see he's one of those guys that I for sure am going to be following this spring because, you know... Number one overall pitching prospect not too long ago. By the time I was starting this podcast, that's how long it was. There were like 431 episodes deep. And now he's like in the 60 range for a lot of people on top 100 prospects. So it's very rare that you find prospects like Mackenzie Gore who have fallen off this much. So I'm really curious to see how he goes and whether or not he makes the team. Is it likely? I think it depends because the Padres did make some additions, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But before we get into them, I also want to mention Kevin Copps, friend of the show. Uh, Not necessarily friend of the show, but he was on the show recently. You guys can go check out that interview from a couple weeks back. He goes an inning, no hits, no walks, no Ks. He's probably going to make the team. That's what I expect as maybe a kind of middle-of-the-bullpen sort of reliever, maybe. Uh, But either way, my first-ever Padre guest on the show. So obviously rooting for that guy, going to be looking forward to watching him. But in terms of the rest of the players that I'd be keeping an eye on, it's CJ Abrams and Luis Campuzano, both of which have homered in spring training so far. And that's really exciting because one of them is the top Padres top overall prospect around the top 10, top 15 range among top 100 prospects overall. And seeing hit for power, I think is very key because I think a lot of people view him as a speedster who's going to have a good batting average, have an okay on base and all that, play a good glove, and steal a ton of bags. But I think people are underestimating this guy's power a little bit, and you're seeing from spring training, he can certainly lift the ball out of the yard. So that's really nice to see. I'm looking forward to seeing that um, for sure, and I think that everybody else is, right? TJ Arabs is hopefully going to be someone that debuts for the team at some point in the future. Whether or not it's this year, given the clutter of infielders that we have over at second and shortstop, we'll have to see. Does he fill in for Tatis? That's something we'll have to learn. Uh, and then the other guy, of course, Luis Campuzano going yard. I think that I've heard some Padres fans say, we want to trade for Wilson Contreras uh, over at Chicago Cubs. Is that a move that makes sense? Or do we go sign Zunino? Or do we go trade for, 
I don't think people were saying Real Muto, but there's some other catchers out there that people have to talk about. Do we make a trade for one? And my thing has always been no, because I'm perfectly fine with Victor Caratini, Austin Nola, and the lottery ticket slash golden egg potential high ceiling guy in Luis Campizano as your catching situation. Does it mean that it'll be a strength for the team? Not necessarily. It's I'd say it's more unlikely than likely, but... It's not a situation where I'm like, we are desperately in need of this. I think we're desperately in need of some outfield help, right? That's what we're really desperately in need of. But I would not say that trading for a catcher, especially one like Contreras, who only has one year left before he enters free agency, makes a lot of sense. I don't care about catcher that much, guys. Those three uh, will we'll do just fine, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? We'll have to see how Campizano does and whether or not he earns himself another big league call because he wasn't good the first time, but... We'll have to see how that all pans out. But before we get into the last guy that I'm really curious to see uh, in spring training who has not made his debut just yet, let me talk to you about betting. That's right, guys. You might have gotten absolutely destroyed in March Madness yesterday, and you're not the only one. I got destroyed. Arizona almost lost, but I lost one of my Final Four teams in Wisconsin. Uh, Texas didn't win. I could have used Texas uh, to give me a W. Um, I lost uh, Kentucky, although Kentucky only had the lead eight. But nonetheless, you get what I'm saying. We all probably had some brackets getting busted this weekend. But, guys, when it comes to betting and all the odds and player props and all that sort of stuff, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And, of course, it's not just college basketball. It's the NBA. It's baseball. It's hockey. It's UFC. It's boxing. It's football. It's probably the Oscar stuff, too. They've got bets and odds and lines for everything you could possibly imagine, guys. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. As always, guys, thank you for making Lockdown of Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it all moving, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep it all moving. There's two more things I want to mention about spring training for now. Because I'm going to try and make this podcast as much as possible, given that we are trying to go five days a week. Unfortunately, just four days a week, hopefully, uh, this week. I missed yesterday's episode. But uh, going to try and not make it just a recap of every spring training game. And that was kind of one of the things I did in the early days of this podcast. So I'm going to try to do a little bit better for all you listeners out there. And, you know. Just not make it just a, a recap. Anybody could pull up their sports app. I use Sportacular, Yahoo Sports, whatever it's called. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to try and do a little bit better than that. But the last person that I'm most interested in watching for Padres spring training uh, heading into the season is Nick Martinez. Now, Nick Martinez, it turns out the deal the Padres gave him actually was for a little bit more money. But bottom line is this. Nick Martinez, I even got a comment. Some people were giving me some flack for whatever I said about him. And I haven't been, like, super down on him. It was just a questionable signing because the way they gave him out all these opt-outs where he could just keep opting in or opt out if he plays well, which is what we learned after the lockout ended when the deal kind of went through, we learned that, you know, he actually has some opt-outs here. So if he does pitch really well, he's probably going to opt out and go get a contract somebody else, somewhere else, right? And if he doesn't pitch well, he's probably just going to opt in and we're going to have this guy for another four years. Now, could this be good? We'll have to see. It's just very interesting because... I didn't hear this guy's name really popping up anywhere. This wasn't a highly sought-after player necessarily, but he seems to have changed some things. He seems to throw really hard. In, in Japan, he seems to be pitched like a ERA sub-2 ERA, and he pitched a lot better, and that's no slouch of a league, let's be clear. And maybe he has back end of the rotation upside. It's definitely an upgrade when you take it from the perspective of what they had last year. You know what I'm saying? Given that the farm has been depleted a lot when you lose guys like... 
Cal Quantrill and you lose guys like um, Eric Lauer, you know what I mean? Those like kind of back end pieces. You need to maybe go out there and make an investment. So is Nick Martinez going to be a beast? I don't know, but I'm really curious. How much do I trust this front office? Uh, a D, I mean, it's not like, you know, A, 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 A plus, but I do think that there has to be something that these guys saw, right? Or is it just that AJ Preller is just forever entwined and attached to everybody that was part of Texas? Because that's where, uh, Nick Martinez last pitched to an ERA that was above five, by the way, last time he was in major league baseball. Is that the case here? Is the case with Jorge Alfaro that trade? Maybe that wouldn't be a good sign, but nonetheless, I'm still excited because maybe he's going to be a contributor. And maybe he's going to be a solid back of the rotation guy until people like Mackenzie Gore or Chris Paddock and stuff kind of step up and what have you. And we'll see how that all pans out. Chris Paddock, another one I'm looking forward to. The, re- the final rotation spot. You got Darvish. You got Musgrove. You got Snell. You probably got Mike Clevenger too. But it's going to be very interesting, that number five spot. All right. So Nick Martinez, hopefully you prove me wrong. Uh, I'm just a little skeptical. I just think it's a little bit weird that nobody was in on this guy and they went after him like he was, you know, the Carlos Rodon or he was, you know, one of these top flight pitchers that were available on the market. Not that they had to get those top flight pitchers, but it's just a little bit interesting to me, especially with all those opt outs. I wonder if this is where the future of baseball is going. Because a big thing that happened this weekend, guys, were those free agents. But before we get to that, one quick thing I want to note. Um, I am very much enjoying the Padres social media team and these little kind of questionnaire videos. You guys have probably seen them going around where it seems like they set up a camera and then the guys walk out of the locker room and they see the question and they answer it for the camera. Getting people like Manny, you're getting people like the ground ball man that must not be named. You're getting Blake Snow, who has been the biggest star of all this. Hassan Kim uh, getting in on this and asking questions, you know. I hate this question for the record that is a hot dog a sandwich. I'm just tired of it. I think we're all on the internet too much, and it's just enough is enough. I don't think it's a sandwich, but I've had enough. I'm not ready to really get into this whole thing. Some people I don't think it's a taco, actually. And my thing is, look, man, not everything has to be categorized in one box. You know what I mean? We're allowed to have differentiations and whatnot, but whatever. Uh, And then I just saw one about which teammate do you want for a game of pickup basketball? And then Blake Snell ends the video going like, hey, but I got a question for you guys. Does what happened in Vegas really stay in Vegas? Like these, just a funny, like, he's great. Blake Snell, every time you get him on the bike, every time you get him on camera, just seems to deliver uh, in all the best ways. I'm not saying that that means he's going to have some future broadcasting, but he is a delight, and I'd love to have him on more interviews and whatnot. That would probably, out of every Padre, I'd probably want to interview Blake Snell the most. Uh, Just talk about LB, the show and stuff. But anyway, guys, Now, I think I alluded to it. Let's talk a little bit about some spring training moves that happened over the weekend. And one of them I want that I kind of alluded to for a second was Carlos Correa. It actually happened really early in the morning, around like three o'clock. I actually woke up around like four, three, four, because I just woke up. I I was I was having a pretty good sleep, but I just woke up for some reason. And then I saw a three year 105 deal for Carlos Correa with opt outs. I just mentioned with Mr. Nick Martinez, that he has opt-outs in his, in his um, contract as well. And I find that interesting because I'm wondering, and feel free to leave comments below, by the way, guys, is this an interesting spot that baseball might be heading towards where players are going to ask more for these little opt-outs? And depending on how they do, they can opt-in, opt-out, maybe more short-term deals, especially before you get to that age 30 season you want to kind of want to cash out. Because Carlos Correa basically said, all right, I don't, I don't think I see out there the big deal that I wanted. Right. Baltimore allegedly reportedly offered him 10 years, 300 million, which is nothing to scoff at, but was a little bit less than someone like Corey Seager. So I'm wondering and, you know, that's not necessarily bad. Corey Seager's very good, too. Uh, I'm wondering 
what 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 he was thinking. So he probably didn't see the big contract out there. So instead, I think he signed a pretty genius deal. He said, "All right, I'm going to go to Minnesota, and Minnesota, I think it works for them too, because they were only going to get him probably if they did it via this type of way and not a long term, you know, Fernando Tatis or Manny Machado type of deal." But he basically says, "Okay, I'm going to play here." And even if it's just for a year, I'm going to go out there because this was a really stacked free agent class and I'm going to be the only one next year so people could focus exclusively on me. If I just have another great season, then boom, we're great. And then if I don't have a great season, I could just be like, all right, I'm opting in for another year. And then I try again to have my great season because he is still young enough. You know what I'm saying? The age isn't a concern with Carlos Correa. This isn't a 33, 34 year old, you know what I'm saying? Who's like not necessarily going to get that big time deal unless he cashes in now. So I actually think it's pretty genius for him to say, I basically got two chances and I can opt out either one or just make like a crap ton of money per year and for for the three years or whatnot. So I think that that's really, really smart on his part. And I do wonder whether or not we're heading there. We saw that also with Jorge Soler signing a three-year, $36 million contract with the Marlins. He was a guy um, that the Padres were apparently interested in too. Um, And he signed one with a bunch of opt-outs too. So this is very interesting. I wonder if guys that can't get that big deal and and maybe they just want to say, you know what, how about I just do these these little three-year deals? You know how like in the NFL, they have these allegedly like 10-year, seven-year deals worth all that money, but it doesn't really count because that's only part of it is guaranteed. So it's kind of like the years are mumbo jumbo. Wonder if baseball kind of follows a similar pattern, except a better thing in the fact that if they cut you for no reason, that you still get your money. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's just ridiculous. It's The NFL is so anti-player in so many ways. Franchise tag is ridiculous. Like, it's it's absolutely insane that they could just franchise tag guys and not have a commitment to them long-term. It's just insane. It's just like, oh, hey, running back, uh, get ready for 700 carries this year because we literally don't owe you money after this. So that's just insane. But that all being said... Um, I think that that's a really interesting thing to look out for, whether Jorge Soler is going to be good or not. I thought he would have been an interesting pickup for the Padres for sure. Not my favorite, I don't think, but hey, he did have a 48 home run season where he batted around 260. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. Around 260, 340 on base, so he did not kill you in that perspective. Hit 48 home runs, but his total career war is about 3.8. So a lot of that came from just that one year. And a lot of people, maybe, based off this World Series run, might be getting a little bit more excited about him. So uh, we'll see how it works out for the Marlins. Uh, I hope it does, because the Marlins actually, I think, are a fun little team. I think their pitching is really fun. But before we dive even more deep into free agency stuff and what to expect going forward, guys, let me take one little old break here to talk to you about Rock Auto. You've got all sorts of pressing questions, man. Is your Odyssey an LX or is it an EX? And while the person is, you know, behind the counter and orders those parts off the computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry, well, you have computers at home with access to rockauto.com and on your phone, in your pocket, boom. So go use that. That's what you should be doing, guys. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump, it's $353 from chain stores, only $216 from Rock Auto. And what more could you ask for? What more could you ask for, guys? So go to their website today and navigate their very easy-to-use catalog, especially for schmucks like me that don't really know anything about cars. It's really, really helpful. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you... Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the final stretch. Let's talk about the last two big kind of uh, free agent signings that happened over the weekend. I haven't been doing these in order necessarily, but nonetheless, they must be discussed. They must be discussed. Uh, no, here we go, guys. The big one that happened, I think, for a lot of people, uh, was Nick Castellanos going to the Philadelphia Phillies for five years, $100 million. That is a juicy, beefy contract. And do I like the signing for Philly? I don't really know because on paper, this team really struggles with defense, right? This is a bad defensive team, bad defensive outfield. The only plus-plus defender that they – the only good defender, not even plus-plus, but good defender that they have is JT Real Muto behind the plate. So while that's not nothing to sneeze at, it does show you it might get, be easy to get a lot of hits on Philadelphia. And Nick Castellanos, one of the worst defenders in baseball. While he does hit, I think, for unbelievable power, and he is great, it's going to be fun watching that Phillies team. You do have to wonder, with also signing Kyle Schwarber, whether or not they're like, oh my god, like is this just their only option? That's what it kind of feels like to me, where they're like, this is our only option, we're just going to try and out-hit the heck out of everybody. And we're going to hope that people like Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler and whoever the heck they have in their rotation, maybe some improvements in the bullpen, you got Harper... You got JT Romuto, you got people like Gene Segura that they could just out-hit people and sneak their way into a wild card type of spot. That's probably what they're hoping because they don't have a lot of uh, farm system depth. So a lot of people might be thinking, why don't you trade for Ramon Laureano, right? He's a good defensive player. Why don't you trade for Brian Reynolds? He's a big one on the market. Well, maybe they just don't have the draft capital to do it. Maybe they just can't give up what's left of their really dwindling farm. So, shouts to the Phillies. It should be a fun team to watch. I don't know if a very good one, though. Maybe not, minus 700 defensive runs saved with that outfield, uh, potentially. So, we'll see what happens there, guys. But, moving on. The last contract that kind of happened over the weekend, the big one, was Trevor Story going for six years, 140, to the Boston Red Sox. The bane of my existence, of course. And I will say... Uh, I was wrong on this one. I thought Trevor Story was was potentially going to get like a one or two year deal and then try and re up the year after. Turns out that wasn't the case. It turns out that that was going to go to Correa because maybe this is such a stacked free agent market. And maybe he said, you know what, I'm going to cash in now. I don't want to do this. And he allegedly wanted to go to a contender. We heard Red Sox and Giants and two mystery teams uh, from John Heyman was tweeted on Friday and then he ends up signing on Sunday. Which, by the way, yeah, just again, I talked about this a few uh, with the Nelson Cruz. Signing happened with the Nationals, but not to hate too much on John Habit because there's a lot of things that go into this. Wanting to get some engagement numbers, and when you've been in a lockout for so long, like at some level, what else are you supposed to talk about? So he's like, all right, let me give people some update. You know, maybe he feels forced to give an update on other reporters as well. But he says, signing coming soon. Says that Friday morning. And then Sunday morning is what happens. Like, it's just crazy, like, how long these things take sometimes. And I remember, I think it was John Morosi saying, like, Freddie Freeman, imminent. In the next 24 hour signing. And then it was next week that the signing happens. Of course, ended up being to the Dodgers. But that's just a funny little uh, tidbit. The last signing with Trevor Story. Uh, for the Red Sox, it's probably some Xander Bogarts insurance. You know what I'm saying? Xander Bogarts is probably going to opt out. He's a very, very proven hitter for a long time now. Probably going to opt out. Get even more money on a longer term deal. Uh, so that's what I probably expect. There's some insurance there. He plays a great glove. They need infield defense over there in Boston. And I think it makes sense. Yes, it's possible that he's just a Coors Field product and that maybe the batting average, maybe the on-base stuff is going to be a problem. Maybe he's a 250-310 batting average on-base guy who's going to hit for power and play a good glove, but maybe 
not necessarily be the superstar that you expect. But either way, I'm looking forward to that. I think it should be interesting. Trevor Story, one of the more interesting kind of bounce back candidates for next year, uh, for sure, especially with that glove he's got. So interesting signing for them. I know some people were talking about should the Padres maybe with Tatis out give Story like a one year deal. I don't at this point, honestly. Don't even remember if there was a report linking Trevor's story to the Padres. There probably was at some point, but I just can't cite it off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, yeah, like a one-year deal. Yeah, that would have been fun, but also, like, where are you going to move him once Tatis comes back in three months? You know what I'm saying? Unless you move the first baseman, I don't know really what you're going to get out of that. So that's just me. We'll see how that pans out. And really, guys... Um, there's only one free agent really left in terms of the big impact players in theory that we think are still out there, and that's Michael Conforto. Uh, I've talked a lot about how Michael Conforto, Nelson Cruz, and um, who was the last one? It was Michael Conforto, Nelson Cruz, and maybe one other player uh, that I'm like, and Mark Canna, there we go, were my three top targets for the Padres this offseason, as well as just any pitcher uh, I think would have been nice, but Hey, Nick Martinez, again, hopefully he turns out right. We only needed a back-end guy anyway. Um, let's see. Um, sorry, someone just sent me a funny a funny text. Um, so, yeah, Michael Conforto, the last of those three remaining. I thought Cruz would have been perfect as the DH guy. at a veteran presence, a guy who's been through it all. But still love Luke Voigt, who should be making his debut. By the time you guys watch this podcast, it would have been yesterday. You Darvish is also on the mound for today's spring training start. That should be fun. Voigt and Darvish making their debuts. Darvish is always a delight to watch, right? I mean, no matter what. Even if it doesn't pan out, perfectly great. It's always so much fun. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, and Luke Voigt as well, who I have talked about on Friday. Go check out that episode. Loved, loved, loved that trade. And go check out, if you want, my article over at Just Baseball, where I gave more in-depth thoughts about Luke Voigt uh, via the written form and some stats for all you number jumbos out there. But yeah, Michael Conforto, last main guy. Do the Padres make an offer for him? Stranger things have happened. The Padres still probably need some help in left field. It's either that or maybe they go back to Tommy Pham. I know Brett Gardner, my boy, is still a free agent, but I still think the Yankees are probably going to resign him. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, definitely getting another outfielder wouldn't hurt. Michael Conforto is the dream, but I don't know exactly what he's going to be asking for. Apparently, allegedly, before the 2021 season, he was offered a $100 million extension. So I'm wondering. Now, Michael Conforto is a good player. And I'm wondering if maybe he's like, I think I'm worth more than that. I need to take a one-year deal. And if he does do a one-year deal, I think the Padres are a little bit more in it than they would be uh, if he was asking for some multi-year, $150 million, $120 million type of deal. Very good player. Uh, definitely wouldn't be a negative in the outfield defensively, which is, I think, the best part about him um, as well. So we'll see what happens with Conforto. But at the very least, <laughs> Giants... <laughs> You know what I mean? San Francisco Giants, please don't sign this, man. Please. I'm just not in the mood. You know what I mean? I'm not in the mood for dealing with even more good players coming to this division because it's already a ruckus with the Dodgers and the Giants. And, yeah, I just can't take it. I can't take it. But hopefully we get news about that in the coming days, and I will react to that depending on where he goes and what it means for the Padres going forward. And, yeah, we'll see if the Padres have any remaining moves left in them. Never underestimate A.J. Preller. I know everyone's talking about Brian Reynolds. I know everyone's talking about Ramon Laureano, Austin Meadows, right? I know there's some people still out there. But keep your expectations soft because still a solid lineup. Solid lineup. I don't think great Slam Diego lineup is what we should necessarily expect, especially with the first baseman not necessarily delivering on the power uh, that he should be for his position and with Tatis out. But pitching sounds pretty cool on paper, man. And there's some bounce back potential for a lot of these guys. 
So remember, still a very, very good ball club on our hands for sure. Don't let the fact that the Dodgers and Giants look amazing distract you from the fact that the Padres are still a very good team. They're just unfortunately a little bit cursed by geography and division right now. But yeah, guys, that's about it. That's about it for today's show. Uh, in terms of the future of this show, guys, before we get into that, let me just tell you to check out Locked On MLB, a podcast that I hope to be making an appearance on very, very soon. You made me your first listen. Make Lockdown I'll be your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of the future of this podcast, guys, a uh, lot of fun stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking about Trent Grisham a little bit uh, as the week winds down. going to be dedicating a whole episode to him. Any other signings, of course, we'll be talking about. Any minor league things, not minor league, spring training things that we have to report, of course, you can get here if any major moves uh, happen. But in terms of some fun stuff, uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast with Lindsey Crosby of Lockdown Early Prospects about C.J. Abrams. That should be a blast. I'm planning on doing one about Manny Machado with my buddy Colby Olson at some point. Uh, who's been on here before. He's an analyst guy over at Just Baseball. And also a very, 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 very fun podcast planned for Friday with an NBA host. That's right. That's all I'm going to say about it for now. We recorded it the other day. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a fun Friday episode. going to try and do some fun stuff uh, every Friday. Make that a new bit. You know what I'm saying? And also, I'm going to be talking with the Astros guys. Uh, actually, by the time you're listening to this, Nope, nope, this is coming out on a Tuesday. Uh, I'll be talking to the Astros guys tonight, so that should be a fun little crossover. Always fun talking to the Lockdown Astros guys. So, guys, clearly, lots of content coming your way. So have no fear, ladies and gentlemen. Have no fear. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter, at Javapeno, J-A-V. I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, or see my ugly mug on YouTube at Locked On Padres. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies,